I invite you to take a deep breath in. Centering yourself in this sacred space. Infinite presence right here, right now. The source of all that is. This divine mind, divine imagination. Right here, right now. Knowing that this infinite creation, this infinite creation source is all that is. I know this is the truth at the center of our being, at the center of my being, of each of us. And from this source, all gifts flow. In this very room, there is enough love for all the world. In this very room, there is enough peace for all the world. And there's enough joy, enough faith to last our whole lives through for spirit, one spirit, is as us in this room. In this sense of oneness, I accept all of the gifts, and I know that the words in the message, the words spoken, the music that is shared, the companionship, all of these serve to inspire, to bless, to uplift our hearts and souls. And knowing this as truth, I am so very grateful that divine peace, divine love, divine faith, divine hope, divine joy, all of God's gifts, all of the gifts of the universe are here. And in this spirit of gratitude, I release this into that spiritual law that always works for us, always has our back. It is the truth. And together we say, and so it is. So this year we're looking at spirituality in action. Taking our spirituality, raising the bar higher, and and taking it out into the world. Living it, not just a private little thing for ourselves, but actually living it and expressing it. And this month we're looking at building a strong foundation in that spirituality. Getting strong in our idea of what it is, what's the platform, what's the base upon which we stand. And so we've looked at what Ernest Holmes calls, our, our founder calls the thing itself. His word for God, spirit, that infinite mind, that, that thing that's beyond all the words anyways. So just the thing itself. And, and that the idea of, that the only agenda of this universe is freedom. Freedom. 
There's no big guy in the sky sitting up there with a plan to manipulate you around, and you've got to figure out the plan. And if you don't, well, there's not that. It's freedom. It's just to be itself as us. Last week, we looked at how it works. And today, we're going to take a look at uh, what it does. And out of these first four chapters of the Science of Mind book, it's interesting that the first three are about it. What it is, how it works, what it does. And I like to think if we're going to work with something, we got to know what it's about, right? You ever been on a date where you know you meet somebody and they want to tell you what all about themselves and they don't want to learn about you? And after a boring hour or so, you go home and throw that person's number away. So what is it about? What does it do? So we'd have a greater understanding of it. Next week, we'll move on to how we can use it, how we can interact with it, how we can work with it. But today, we, all, we want to look at how, what it does. And what does it do? It just bees. Just bees. It just is. It's being its own nature, and it doesn't matter what else is going on. It doesn't matter what the weather is. It's being. It doesn't matter who's president or dictator or whatever. It's just being. It doesn't matter what any outer circumstances are. It is just being. Breathe that in for a moment. Because you and I are part of its being. You and I are expressions of this infinite one's beingness. Nudge your neighbor and say, you're an expression of the divine. And though we can't conceive of the whole thing with our finite minds, right? We can't with our human finite minds perceive the infinite. We can perceive its nature by observing it through our attention. But we have to be both willing and able to perceive and receive its nature. Does that make sense? We have to be willing. You ever met somebody who wasn't willing to learn who you are or, or learn their job or learn something? Okay. <laughs> yeah, if you ever have children. And have you ever felt like you're not able to learn something? I just, my mind can't go there, can't wrap myself around it. Okay, I've had that feeling. Probably everybody in this room has had that feeling. So we have to be willing and able to perceive its nature because the infinite personifies through us. It expresses through us. It becomes form through us. According to, this is the catch, our receptivity to it. Our ability to receive it. How good of a receiver am I? Am I full of static? Am I not even dialed into the channel? Am I unplugged? Or am I plugged in and dialed in and paying attention? Emerson encourages us to get our bloated nothingness out of the way of the divine circuits. I always love that phrase. Which is another way of saying expand our willingness and our ability. Because we all have the ability if we are willing. 
We all have that ability. The universe itself is impersonal. And by that I mean it gives itself equally to all. It doesn't say, I like you better, and I don't like you as well, so I'm going to withhold from you and I'm going to give more over here. It doesn't do that. Jesus said the rain falls over the heads of the just and the unjust alike. And here in the Northwest, that's kind of an assumed, right? But remember, he was living in a desert climate where rain was a really good thing and a rare thing. It meant the crops would grow and, and stuff, good stuff would happen. Rain was prosperity in, the, in his time and his place. Here it's just, you know, yeah. It's still prosperity, but it's always present. It gives a like to everybody. It doesn't withhold. It doesn't look at you and say, oh, well, you were bad to your little sister there back when you were eight years old, and so I'm going to withhold from you. We have to only be open to its givingness, to its light. Ernest Holmes says that what we draw from it, we must draw through the channel of our mind. What we draw from this infinite presence, and we're immersed in this presence, we're immersed in it, we're inside of it already. We are immersed in this love, in this beauty, in this creativity, in this power, this wisdom. And it's extravagantly expressing. Breathe that in. You're part of an extravagant expression of all the good you can imagine and more. Isn't that cool? I guess not. Isn't that cool? Breathe that in. But only as much of it comes to us as we allow. See, right now, the sun is shining brightly. Do you know that? It's just being up in, this, in, in its place in space, right? It's just shining. We happen to have a little cloud cover at the moment, right? Yes? You noticed, right? Yeah, my top is up on my convertible today. We have a cloud cover. And our minds are like that. We oftentimes have a cloud cover to this brilliance that is constantly shining. And kind of like these clouds, we didn't create the clouds. Who's responsible for making these clouds today? Which one of you? Okay, none of you, right? It's just, that's the nature of the weather. And most of us have the clouds in our mind that were created by the nature of the weather when we were very young that we're still carrying with us, and unless we do something to dissipate those clouds within our own mind, we just, we live in cloud in a particular area. A couple of you are nodding, you know what I'm talking about. I live in a fog. The universe creates by its own contemplation. It contemplates its own nature, it contemplates itself, and out of that comes form. What it gives its attention to increases and takes form. It's this one intelligent mind. We, we think that we're individual minds working by ourselves, right? We're actually one mind. And we're just using our own unique individual aspect of that one mind. And that's important because each of us is important. And I think I gave the analogy to you last week or the week before of every member of, of the symphony is important. And even if it's just a bang the drum a couple of times during an entire symphony, that's important. It wouldn't be the same without it, right? And so each of us is a note in the divine symphony, a perfect note. 
And we allow ourselves to express the music through us, that note through us, to the degree that we are, are open to the expression of that music. So this infinite presence is evolving ever more complex forms of itself, has been throughout history. And, and by the way, history, our version of history, is just the universe's now. I think it was Michael Beckwith who said, tomorrow is just more of God's today. In our, in our um, practical mysticism class, we were just reading that any thought you have of the past is happening now. Any thought you have of the future is happening now. Our only moment is now. The infinite's only moment is now. But in this now, it's showing up more and more and more as more wonderful, complex creations evolving itself until it has evolved itself to forms that have consciousness, that can consciously and by choice participate in creating more of the universe. In case you're not sure who I'm talking about, have your neighbor nudge you and say, he's talking about you. (laughs) It's us. We are the conscious forms that are creating consciously, hopefully, with self-awareness, hopefully, as we go forward. And we create in the same manner as spirit. We contemplate. And what we give our attention to, what we give our interest to, what we give our heartfelt passion to, shows up. It increases in our lives. You know, there's that kind of idea that, you know, if you suddenly decide you want to buy a yellow Volkswagen, you suddenly notice all the yellow Volkswagens on the road. What we give our attention to increases, and pretty soon you own one, by the way, if you keep following that. The universe does not edit what we create, by the way. It doesn't say, you know, that's, that's not a good idea. You don't want to do that. It just creates whatever we put out, it, out of it, whatever we put in our minds. We can create pain and suffering. We can create joy, beauty, wisdom, love, good stuff. The universe doesn't have an agenda. It's like electricity. You plug into it, it doesn't matter what it's doing, what you're doing with it. You can be making toast. You can be burning something in your oven. You can be electrocuting somebody. The electricity doesn't have an agenda, does it? And so the universe doesn't have an agenda. It has its expression as freedom, and we get the freedom to play with it however we want. In case you haven't noticed, some of us are still learning how to play with it more effectively. Yes? So we create out of our existing beliefs, not our passing surface thoughts, but our deeply held beliefs are what creates. Yesterday I did a a memorial service, a celebration of life service, for a young man who was very loved by a lot of people, an inspiration to a lot of people but who himself didn't believe that about himself and killed himself. He believed that he was worthless and and wasn't, wasn't a good man, as he put it. And no amount of convincing by anybody else could change his mind. And he had a a genetic predisposition towards depression. That's a, that's a deep belief 
That's not what he was thinking. One of his best friends had talked to him just that morning and said, he was fine. But all of a sudden, this deep belief came up and grabbed him and pulled him under before he could get out of it, like a riptide. Ernest Holmes says that should all the wisdom of the universe, and you can substitute anything you want for wisdom, love, joy, happiness, prosperity, all the wisdom of the universe be poured over us, we would receive only that which we are ready to understand, ready to take in. You ever met somebody who you try and love them and they just don't get it? You ever been that person? Yeah. The universe is in love with us because it's we are it. It's in love with itself. It just is love. Breathe that in. You live in a universe that's in love with you. Isn't that cool? We have to pay attention to those what I call submerged thoughts. I grew up in Portland, and, and down, down river from there is the Columbia River hits the ocean, and there's these sandbars that are always changing. And if you don't know where they are, you can take your ship out if you've got a big ship that's going across the sandbar. It's good to have a pilot who pilots you across because they know where the sandbars are moving to. We have these submerged thoughts that sometimes we sit there and say, it's like, I want greater joy in my life, but we get less joy in our lives. I want wonderful health, but something else happens. And so there's these submerged thoughts that can interfere with, cloud over our experience of the joy, the love, the, the power of spirit. And so we have to be aware of those. And start to, we can start to notice those by the results we have in our lives. You know, I, I, I joke about my, my history of relationships. You know, I obviously have some submerged thoughts in that area. Maybe next lifetime I'll deal with those. There are areas we all find easy, where things just flow, and then there are areas we find difficult. So take a look at the results in your life and notice, you know, my favorite question is, what must I, if, if I'm looking at a mess in my life, what my, must I be believing that I ask the universe to manifest, because it only says yes. The universe always says yes, it's the only thing it says. And so what was I asking it to say yes to? And sometimes it's uncomfortable. And sometimes it's like Chinese medicine, you know, where it's like you hurt over here, so they work on you over here. Or back here or something like that. It's not always the obvious. You know, nobody walks around going, I want to have cancer. I'd love to have cancer today. But people get cancer. Not because they walk around affirming that, but because they've got some other submerged thoughts, feelings, beliefs that show up in that way. I didn't enter any of my relationships wanting to have divorces and breakups and all that stuff. But obviously I had, and my partners had, submerged thoughts that we co-created that result together. So it's important to take a look at what's going on, and sometimes we need help with that. That's why we have practitioners and, and spiritual coaches, is to help us through that, because we all have blind spots. And the places where we keep creating the Unpleasant things in our lives are usually out of our blind spots because none of us would deliberately create that stuff, right? Yes, anybody? We wouldn't deliberately create the unhappiness. And so if you notice that you keep on creating this and you're not sure what it's about, get some support with that. Get some help with that. Don't be too proud to ask for that. We need to listen deeply 
to our underlying beliefs. Because we're constantly creating in a field of infinite potential. Infinite potential. And our work is to ensure that we're contemplating what we truly, truly want to create. If I want to create, say, financial wealth, but I have a feeling that I'm not worth anything, what am I going to create? Not worth anything. Money may come, money may go. I won't hold on to it because I don't deserve it, I don't feel worthy of it, etc. So we want to be careful of what we're contemplating and listen to it and notice the results in our lives. And that's how we start to get that, that light, that sunlight that is constantly surrounding us, beating down upon us in a loving way where we can say yes in our lives, where we can get a tan, where we get warmed up by this light is by paying attention to those cloud thoughts, those submerged thoughts. The infinite is constantly being. It's just being. What are you inviting it to be in your life? You get to shape it. You get to paint it. You get to sculpt it. You get to fabric weave it. You get to make it. You get to speak it into words in form. What is that infinite wanting to be in your life, and what are you saying yes to? So this week, I invite you to do three practices. The first one is to notice where you would like to create something greater. Find an area in your life that you would like to have a greater experience of spirit. And it doesn't, by the way, have to be a place in your life that's not working. See, however good your life is, however good any area of your life is right now, it can be better, right? Yes? If you've got love already, can you have more love? If you've got health, can you be even healthier? If you have joy, can you be even more joyful? Would that be okay? If you've got money, would it be okay to have more? Okay. So it doesn't have to be an area that, oh my God, this is a disaster zone. It can be an area where I say, you know, I'm, I'm doing good in this, and I would like to expand. I would like to let spirit express more through me. I'd like to open up to that. So that's the first one, is notice an area where you would like to create something greater and where you would like to experience more of the flow of spirit. Second part, then, is ask the infinite wisdom that is within and all around you to reveal what is holding you back at this moment. Why isn't more of that already in your life? Where do I need to take the wall down? Where do I need to clear the clouds away, the fog away? What is it within me that I need to know? And then when we look at that, we speak the light of truth to it. If I feel that I'm not deserving, that is not the truth. If you're God in form, are you deserving? If you're God in form, are you worthy? Are you God in form? Okay. You're immersed in a field of infinite love. It's not holding back from you. It's kind of like I talked about with the solstice. It's, it's the ancient cultures thought the sun was going away, but then the truth was we're going away from the sun. So what we want to do is be more open to that spirit. So that's the second one, is we tell truth. After we find out what's underlying, what's holding us back, speak the truth, the highest truth you know. No, wait a minute. You know, I'm not, there's no way I'm undeserving of this good. I am a child of God. I think it's Catherine Ponder who says, I'm a rich child of a rich father, mother, God. And I deserve all the prosperity I can stand in more. Okay. Raise the bar higher, as the song said. And then finally, clearly and cleanly contemplate what you want to experience. What is it you want in your life? A lot of us walk around kind of in a vacuum state. 
We don't really have any agendas. We don't have any intentions. We don't necessarily have any goals. It's just, oh yeah, whatever. I, I call it the clam consciousness. You know, you're laying at the bottom of the, of the ocean or, or, or lake floor, just open to whatever drops by. I'd rather have dolphin consciousness where I'm intelligently swimming through and getting what I want. Yeah. So clearly and cleanly contemplate. What do you want? What does it look like? What is it that I want to embody? You're working in a field of infinite potential. Take that in for a moment. Infinite potential. You know, yesterday when I was driving down to this memorial service, I've, I've had this little cough all week, and I've been working on, you know, the health and life energy of spirit moving through me. And as I was driving down there, I finally said, it's like, I'm not willing to have this get in the way of this memorial service. I don't want me to be the center of attention because I'm hacking away. And I remember on the spot on the road where I was when I drove down and I said that, and I just started doing my prayer work, I started concentrating on spirit. And you know what? Three hours later, when I was driving back, I hit that spot on the road again. I went, oh, it didn't bother me a bit. Then I started hacking. <laughs> this morning when I came in, you know, I was still kind of hacking a little bit. And I said, I'm not going to have this interfere with my talk. And it's not. We live in a field of infinite potential. How good do you want it? And what is it we say, oh, that has more power than spirit? Yeah. Yeah which is not the truth. So that's our three practices. Notice where you want to have more of spirit flowing in your life. Ask the infinite wisdom to reveal what's been holding you back and then speak truth to that. Tell the truth about it so you start to dissipate those thoughts and finally cleanly and clearly contemplate what you want to experience in this field of infinite potential. Are you willing to play with that this week? This month? This year? Yeah. I'm going to close with a quote from Ernest. He says, when we think, something happens to thought. The field through which thought operates is infinite. Here and now, we are surrounded by and immersed in an infinite good. How much of the infinite good is ours? In capital letters, all of it, exclamation point afterwards. That's how he wrote it that. And how much of it may we have to use, again, all capitals, as much as we can embody. I invite you this week to expand your embodiment of good. Literally concentrate on the cells of your body experiencing more love, more joy, more wealth, more health, more whatever it is you want. Breathe it in. Literally let it vibrate because it's already there. We just get to let it in. Let's move into prayer. And so I know this infinite potential, this infinite presence is all that there is. It has no limits. And it has no agenda other than its own freedom of expression. It is constantly being. Constantly being. Its beingness is love. Its beingness is life energy. Its beingness is this light, this wisdom, this intelligence. Its beingness is a power that is greater than anything else. Its 
Beingness is peace because nothing opposes it. Its beingness is the beauty because everything that it creates out of itself is beauty. And its beingness is joy. All of this is extravagantly expressed, fully expressed. And we, each of us right here, right now, are one of that. And so I speak my word that we say yes to this nature of the divine being us. That wherever clouds may have been settling in part of our lives, that those clouds dissipate, that we light our light and dissipate those clouds. And our light is matched by the light of the infinite. And so we are simply light beings connecting with the infinite light. And the clouds of doubt, despair, lack, limitation, all that stuff dissipate because they are not the truth. When we turn on a light in a dark room, the darkness doesn't do battle with the light. It's just not there because darkness is just absence of light. These clouds are just absence of sun. We live in the sunshine of a love that is so deep, so powerful, and so beautiful. And I'm grateful for that. And I'm grateful for each of us who says yes to whatever greater degree we can to letting more and more of this light, this love, this joy of spirit through us, this peace of spirit through us. As Linda said in the opening prayer, we are enough peace, we are enough love, we are enough joy for the entire world because all of us are one. And so I release this word into that law, that process through which thought is made into form. Contemplation shows up. And allow that to happen and know that it happens not because any of us allow it, but because that's just the nature of the law itself. It must manifest. And so as we say yes to spirit, as we say yes to greater good, it says yes right back to us. And it is done. So it is. Today in the kids' room, we learned about how what we think can create a reality. But today, at least in the teens' room, we watched a video by Joe Dispenza, who was doing a study on how if you think and prepare yourself for something happening in the future, and if you truly believe that that will happen, then your brain chemicals will start altering your mindset and altering your brain as if that thing was a definite thing that was going to happen. And then it it kind of prepares you for that thing happening in the future. And then it, you can just lead everything. Everything else will lead towards that point and it becomes a definite thing in your future. So it's proven it works.